0: All right everybody, I'm really excited about this sermon. I can't tell you how many like hours of sleep I lost over this sermon. I don't know God was just speaking to me for like the last two months on this thing. And my daughter, Molly, would wake, wakes up at like six every morning, all right? And she's lucky that she's cute because she also is a very, very annoying morning person, all right? Because at six o'clock in the morning, she comes into our room and it's not like she just like comes in all like gentle and like lays down with us. No, she just like starts immediately telling me stories. She's like, and they don't make any sense at all. So she's just like, dad, there was this one, and then there was this thing at school, and then, and then, and then, in like 30 minutes, she'll just tell me a story, bridging and then. It's like the world's longest run-on sentence ever for 30 minutes, all right? But God has been speaking to me about this, He and so He wakes me up before she comes in the room, and I'm just like, God, I could probably zone her out and like let you talk to me at the same time. So I'm just really excited about what's going on tonight, and it's going to be amazing, all right? So Do you remember the first time you learned, like the moment you learned to ride your bike and and it was like, not on like the training wheels, not the the tricycle, but when you learned to ride on two wheels and you thought to yourself, this is it, I am free, I can go anywhere I want, anywhere, I am free to go and you're just like, I could go, I could go, I could go to Denver. And you were thinking Denver is like the world's furthest place because you're only five. And that's like the only place you ever traveled to. And so in your mind, Denver is on the other side of the planet because it takes like four hours in a car to get there, right? She's like, I'm going to go to Denver. And you're like, Mom, see you later. I'm going to Denver. And she's like, and you're about ready to go. And she's like, stay in the driveway. And you're like, I can't get to Denver if you tell me to stay in the driveway, Mom. I don't know what you want me to do. All right, but nonetheless, when we learn how to ride bikes, we, we, it was like this freedom. We were just, I could go to the grocery store, all of those things. You could go anywhere you wanted. And I... I love riding bikes. I love them, all right? And so this right here is my, baby, my new baby, all right? This is my um, Santa Cruz, full carbon, 29er, full suspension, 150 millimeter 100, suspension in the front and the back seat dropper right there. You see that baby? Um, yeah, it's got just about everything, all right? And I, this, all right, I had to like tear apart a whole house and put it back together and like sell it and let another house burn down just to be able to afford this bike, okay? So it is like my pride and joy. That's another story for later, all right? But nonetheless, I love this bike. I named, I named him Jiminy Christmas. Um, You can tell why, obviously, right? Uh, There's actually a long, so it's like Santa Cruz, right? So Christmas, uh, Santa, right? Santa, it's like Christmas, okay? But Santa Cruz means Holy Cross. And Holy Jesus died, like Jesus died on the Holy Cross. And everybody knows that Jiminy Christmas is an epithet for Jesus Christ, right? So uh, I just decided to name him Jiminy Christmas, all right? So I love him, but it is not my only bike, all right? I have another bike, and it's this bike right here, all right? And they're all very tall, they're all very, very big. As you can see, Will looks very small on it. This is my full suspension 26 inch uh, in specialized enduro and I named him Junior. You can obviously tell why I named him Junior, right? Right, because it's an enduro and enduro is short, kind of short for enduro indie, indie is Indy and Indy is also short for Indiana Jones. And in the movie, uh, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusades, his father, was like, why is he called Indiana Jones? Indiana was the dog's name, right? And he says that, and then his dad calls him Junior. So I call that bike Junior. Get it? That's not my only bike, all right? This is another bike I have, okay? So this is my uh, specialized. Now this bike is really cool because I actually did um, build this bike. And when I say I built it, I watched another guy build it for me uh, because I don't know how to do this stuff. But this is a unique bike because now it actually only has front suspension. The other thing it has is it has no gears. It's a single speed, meaning there's, like, you, you can't like, there's no shifters on it, which means it's really hard to ride, and I actually don't ride it all that much, because it's super hard. I call that one the SS Tennyson, which is short for single-speed Tennyson. All right, and then I also have one more bike,, Okay, so this is my other bike, um, and I call this bike just really, really ugly. Um, I found like it was given to me. Uh, by this guy who found it in a thing. And this is my road bike and I do appreciate it. It's actually like a really nice custom for somebody else road bike that they just left, right? And so I really like it. I haven't actually come up with a name for it because I just can't get over the color. So I just call it an ugly son of a gun, I guess is what I call it. So, but these are all my bikes, all right? And so I love them all and I enjoy riding those bikes. Thank you guys very much. Now, I like bikes. And because I like bikes, so does my son. My son Wallace um, <coughs> has kind of like decided he also likes bikes. So Wallace learned to ride on two wheels at like the age of three. And he already has the second most bikes of the family, second to his father, of course. Uh, so I have this video of him uh, on, on his bike uh, out at the um, pump tracks out in Fruta. And so here's this video right here. And so you don't have to black out or anything, but, so here he is and he's going down the pump tracks and he's like, four in this part and he's just like killing it on his two wheels and he's going through and it's like here's the thing about mountain biking videos the hills always look smaller on video than they are in real life but he's just awesome I love him he's so he's so cool he's wearing his spider-man helmet with spikes on it and all that stuff and so he's killing it now I love taking Wallace to the pump track I love it but my concern is if he will do that at age four I'm really kind of nervous that this is what he's going to be doing at like age 14 and 15. Sorgi on course. Sorgi, i got goosebumps right
1: now. He's going a similar
0: That's just a mountain. Straight air and... A hip flip at the bottom. How did he clip that out? Here we go, can't see, drop it in. No, 360 this He doesn't can't make it. Right to his feet. He's got one last big jump for us. A flip, he's got a pull things are going to get big. I refuse to attend any of this Red Bull Rampage nonsense. All right. That takes no skill. That just takes lack of concern for your life. That's all it takes. And I will not go to that. And so I'm kind of nervous about how good and like fast Wallace is progressing because I'm just like, I'm not gonna let you do that, all right? I will slash every single tire on every single bike that I own before I let you do that. But Wallace has been around bikes his entire life. But, and so have I, but I didn't start riding a bike on two wheels. I didn't start riding my beautiful Jiminy Christmas right here. All right, and neither, Wallace didn't start riding his own bikes, but there was a progression. He rode with me in a little bike trailer. And so he, I'm like, I'm biking and he's in the bike trailer. And then he got on a Strider and he learned how to balance and then he got on uh, a bike. And then he just randomly, Julie was like on the phone and he looks over and all of a sudden he just, or she looks over and she sees him uh, sorry, we're having some technical issues. Uh, just mute all the other mic channels. Um, and so all of a sudden, he, like, he's just riding on two wheels. So it wasn't like that in the TV shows where they see people like um, riding their bikes and the dad's following him behind him. He's like, you got it, buddy, good job. I didn't get that moment at all with Wallace. I don't know. But our... We, we don't start, right, on the big bike. We start maybe in the trailer and we start doing this. And so it's a process. Wall started somewhere and then he began to build, build up what he was able to do. And our faith, meaning our belief in Jesus, needs to go through a similar journey if we want it to last throughout our lives. Look at this. In Hebrews 11:6. it says, And it is impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. This is kind of like one of the most no-duh verses in, like, in the Bible. All right? It says, and it is impossible to believe, please God without faith. Basically, it's saying it's impossible to please God if you don't believe that God exists, which kind of makes sense because I don't think anybody spends a lot of time trying to see, please somebody that doesn't exist. I'm sorry to break it to any of you, but... We don't spend a lot of time anymore trying to please Santa Claus because we figured something out, right? I just don't wanna break it to anybody just in case, but we sort of like, we stopped sending the letters to Santa Claus because, well, we knew better, right? We, we were like, well, I'm not gonna work on making sure I'm naughty or nice for him because it starts though with the bike trailer. So I have a bike trailer over there in the corner and that's, that's Wallace in, and now Molly's in it and stuff. But for a lot of us in the room, our faith started out with our parents or maybe somebody else just kind of toting us along, all right? Our, our parents, they came to church, so we came to church. They prayed, so we prayed. They sang worship songs, so we sang worship songs. They tried to do the right thing, so we did the right things. And this is the bike trailer season of life, right? We simply go where they to go. We do what they do, and we say what they say, not really thinking about it. We just watch them, and we sort of, like the little ducklings, just sort of follow and, and, and do what they do. And, and we're not processing. We're not really doing anything our own. All we're doing is going, we're, the Simon says, Mom says to do this, so I will do this. And so this is the bike trailer season of life. Your parents' faith come, like carries you. It pulls you along through life, and you grow closer to Jesus. You begin to understand a few things about Jesus, and you just pulls you along, and this is, this is a good season when you're young. This is an okay season to have when, when things are going easy, when you're in a little safer environment, when the roads aren't so bumpy, it's okay to be in this season. At some point for you, and maybe though for, for some of you, this is where you started, maybe you started last night and it wasn't any like parent that brought you to church, it was just your own decision, you decided you have to get out of the trailer you say, Or you started on your own bike, but at some point we all have to decide to get out of the trailer. Your faith in Jesus starts to get tested. Some, it's not safe anymore to just stay in the trailer. It doesn't work for your parents to try and lug you through life anymore because you reach a point in life. And I think most of you might are probably getting close to that or are in that season where you're not close to your parents anymore. Where you, where you, there's a little distance and you, they, they can't carry you along anymore because there's times where the bike trailer won't cut it. There's a time where a friend asks you, why do you come to church every week, why do you come to 4640? And the response, because my parents make me, you realize isn't gonna cut it anymore. You, someone at school asks you to cheat on a test, someone offers you a drink or a joint, uh, uh, any of those things, and if your parents aren't there anymore to carry you through that, and now all of a sudden you realize you're kind of on your own, that you have to start getting on your own bike, they can't carry you through those situations because your parents aren't there anymore when life gets harder when you begin to live life a little more on your own you have to get out of the bike trailer of your parents faith and decide for yourself what do you believe when the road gets bumpy the bike trailer doesn't work but here's the thing i don't care how much your parents pray I don't care how much they serve or come to 40, like come to church and and serve at 4640. I don't, I don't care how much it seems like they, like how good their relationship with Jesus is, how much they love Jesus. It doesn't matter. At some point, you have to decide what do you believe. Don't live in your parents' faith because at some point the road's going to get too bumpy and it's not going to work. So you got to start to build your own faith it's not i i believe because my parents believe it has to start to be i believe because i believe it has to be i believe because god is real to me it has to be i believe because god speaks to me i believe because god blesses me because god loves me that is why I believe. And so you got to get your own bike, all right? You can't be the weird 15 year old sitting in the bike trailer. Wallace already, like sometimes he gets tired and all of a sudden he tries to hop in the bike trailer with Molly. Do you know how hard it is to pedal down the road with like 80 pounds in the bike trailer? It literally feels like there's just somebody sticking their foot out trying to stop me and pull me back. It's too hard and it doesn't work. And so you've got to go out on your own. Begin to figure out your own faith. In this Philippians 2, there's this verse, and it starts with this. It says, So then, my dear ones, just as you have always obeyed my instructions with enthusiasm, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. So I want to pause here for this verse, and here's the thing you need to understand about this verse. So the person who wrote this was Paul, right? And he's writing, uh, uh, he's writing to the town of Philippi, and these people he stayed with for a while. And he helped them along, and he helped them in their faith. And while he was there, they were kind of in this bike trailer sort of season of life where he was watching over them, making sure that they were doing the right things and all of those things. But now he's saying, not only in my presence, but now much more in my absence. Now he's not there, and he's saying, you still need to obey, even though I'm not here. So now you have to start doing things on your own. So this verse says... The next part says, continue to work out your salvation, that is, cultivate it, bring it to full effect, actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe-inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self-evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Christ. See, guys, as you grow, you need your own faith and you need to start working it out for yourself in the absence of your parents in the absence of maybe even a 4640 pastor or some a blue team member in the in your own heart you need to start working out what do i believe and so you have to step out of the bike and you have out of the bike trailer and you have to get your own bike and guys here's the thing Although you are away from people, you are never away from God. God will walk with you through this process of figuring out how do I live out my faith? And the pressure's off. He does not expect you to be f- perfect the first day. In fact, he, he, he knows that you're gonna wreck. On the first day, I learned to ride my bike. Uh, I don't know why, I had a hard time. I wasn't like Wallace where I just figured it out. And besides like so uh, like sticking my head in toilets, shoving me in showers. This was like my brother's pride and joy was that he taught me how to ride a bike. All right. Besides those other things. And so he's, he's like super excited about this. So he's like, we're going to do this. And he probably did it the most unsafe, horrific way anybody could imagine. He basically said, here, I'm going to pedal on the bike and you're gonna steer the bike, all right? And so that's, and no helmets, none of that, no like elbow pads or anything. He's just like, let's just see if you can figure out how to steer the thing. And so he's a lot, he's five years older than me, he's a lot bigger than me, but somehow that kind of worked. I was like, oh, okay. And then he's like, okay, let's switch. You pedal and then I'm gonna steer the bike. And, And by the end of the day, I learned how to ride a bike and I was super excited about it. My parents came home, my brother was all proud and I was just like, that's my brother. All right, I know he shoved my head in a toilet yesterday but he taught me how to ride a bike today. All is, all is better now, all right, that day. But so I'm riding down the street And I'm like going away from my family. And I'm just like, I'm free, right? Right at the beginning. I am free. See you guys. I'm going to Denver. All right, so I'm riding, I'm riding, I'm riding. And I do what any sensible five-year-old would do when they, the first day they learn how to ride a bike. I decide, I'm going to try and let go of the handlebars. My dad's done it. My brother's done it, right? Surely I can figure this out. And so I'm riding and and I decided I'm just gonna let go of the handlebars and I, uh, my dad, he just keeps going. So surely I'm just gonna keep going. And uh, surely I didn't. Um, I literally just like, as soon as I let go of the handlebars, the bike did one of these and then I just immediately crashed my, my head and my face and my knees. All of a sudden, and I'm like a quarter mile down the road because I was heading to Denver. And so I'm like bleeding and I'm screaming in the street. I don't know. It might've just been a little scrape on my elbow or something like, that. but but I was five, okay. And so like the neighbors had to come out. My brother's coming, running down the street to save me. It was a very like dramatic experience. But here's the thing. I got up and I kept riding. I didn't stop riding because on the first day I learned, I, I crashed. No, I got back up and I kept riding. And I would urge you that, As you grow in your faith, there's going to be moments where it's ugly. There's going to be moments where it kind of crashes and burns. But the thing is, is you have to be able to get back up. So I would hope that there are those of you here tonight that you would say, I do have my own faith. I have gotten out of the bike trailer. Maybe you're going, my parents don't even know Jesus yet. And so I'm all, I'm it. And I, I congratulate you. But here's the thing. There's always more and there's next steps. So you get your own bike and you're living out your faith. So now what? Now we're going into the kiddie bike stage, all right? So now we've gotten out of the bike trailer, but it's not like you immediately get the big, giant, awesome bike. Now you need something a little bit smaller, right? You need like a little guy, just a little guy here, all right? And if I would have had, I was going to ride it, but now I only have one hand. And we all know how that goes, right? Um, But here's the thing. Faith has to grow with you. Jesus loves me, this I know is a great thing, and I want my daughter to know that at age four. But that, gets, that doesn't quite cut it. You need something a little bit stronger, a little bit bigger when you're going into high school and all of a sudden you're struggling with lust or something like that. You have to get a bike that fits. Riding a small bike is fine when the road is flat and smooth, but what happens when things get a little rough and you're still riding a small bike? Let us find out.
1: Oh god, how did
2: it stop? <laughs> oh! oh. oh. <laughs> <Whoa>. <laughs> My transfer! I died.
1: Oh! Oh. oh
2: That's
0: so painful. Oh. That is so painful! As we grow, we can't stay on the kiddie bike. It doesn't work. The, the road's gonna get too rough. The, the path ahead of us, the questions that come, all of those things, it's, it's, you have to be able to grow. What happens when your parents are getting a divorce? What happens when you're struggling with bullying or just anxious thoughts? What happens when you're going through a breakup and your heart is broken? What happens when you come up against something that your faith hasn't been built to handle? We have to make sure that we have a faith that fits the path ahead of us. What happens when we come up against something that our faith hasn't been built to handle? When the questions come, like why do bad things happen to good people? What, does God love gay people? Why isn't there more proof of God's existence? Do you have the right sized faith to get you through that? So what you need to do is you need to begin to build your faith up. We can't get stuck in the kiddie bike stage. We have to move up. Let's look in 1 Corinthians 13, 11. It says, when I was a child, I spoke about childish matters. For I saw things like a child, and I reasoned like a child. But the day came when I matured, and I set aside my childish ways. Faith can't stay the same. Guys, and in the world today, the world you guys live in, You need to get a big boy bike, and you need to get a big boy bike quick. When I was growing up, okay, I went to private school, like a a Christian private school, from like preschool to sixth grade. My parents went to church. It was cool to be a Christian. I didn't have that bumpy of a road at first, and then all of a sudden I, I went to public school, seventh grade, and I started to experience things. And luckily, I. I, had a, I was able to grow my faith to where when I, I jumped into public school and I started like experiencing things, my parents got a divorce. I, I, I felt lonely. I dealt with heartbreak, all of those things. But I, I was careful, and I felt like my faith could handle it. But through the years, guys, I have seen young people who loved Jesus but chose to go down paths that they didn't have to go down in the first place. Guys, here's the thing. If we know that our bike is not like elite level yet, our faith is not ready to go, and we're still kind of in, the, in that kiddie bike stage, then we have to be extra careful about what kind of things, our choices, what paths we go down. We can choose the paths we take at time. We can choose the safe path, the smooth path, the, fa- the path that our bike can handle, but sometimes we don't make those decisions. We don't have to go to that party. We can choose whether or not we date that person. We can choose whether or not we watch that show, hang out with those kids, skip that 4640 service. We can choose which path we go down. And, and we have to be careful to make sure that we choose the path that our bike can handle. But we need to put away the kiddie bike at some point and begin building a bike up that will fit us and that can handle what the world throws at us. The problem is When people begin to try and like figure out, wrestle with their faith and build up what they believe, they do two things wrong. One, they forget to look at the instruction manual. And two, they forget to ask for help. But you need to build up your faith. In 2 Timothy 2, 22b, it says, whatever builds up your faith, and deepens your love must become your holy pursuit. So our job as Christians, our holy pursuit is to do things and figure out whatever builds up our faith. So we have to do that. But when it comes to building our faith, you have to start with the instruction manual. And that is God's word. We have to know and understand and build our faith using the instruction manuals. Wallace, he loves building with Legos. And so I, um, as the grown adult, you know, if he's got Legos, I'll, I'll help him a little bit if he has to. I don't know. No, I actually really love helping him because I love Legos too, and they're the best. And so at first, when he was a little bit younger, I would sort of just kind of watch him build. And I would see him like, and, and I would have to continually remind him, Look at the instruction manual. Look at the instruction manual. But he would do silly things where he'd look at the instruction manual, he would see the piece, and then he would stare at it for a while. And then he'd ask me, Dad, what do I do with this piece? And you know what I'd tell him? Look at the instruction manual. Sometimes, after a while, though, I'd get tired of saying, Look at the instruction manual, and I would just see him put it in the wrong spot. And I wouldn't say a word, all right? I just see it because I know that somewhere down the road, a few like steps later, he's going to run into some trouble where all of a sudden stuff stops fitting together so well. And young people, it's the same with our faith. We're asking God, God, what do I do? What do I believe? How do I, how do I, what should I do with this? What, what should I go to that thing? Should, should I date that person? All these things. What, what should I do, God? What should I do, God? And God's going, look at the instruction manual. Read it figure out what I say in it, because almost so many things in our life where we're going, I don't know what to do, God's going, read the instruction manual. It's right there. And sometimes I think God will go, you didn't look at the instruction manual and he sees you do something. Or he sees you maybe just kind of make up in your mind, this is the way things should be. And he's going, "Uh, it's not gonna work out so well in a few steps from now, but I'm just gonna let this play out. Because you know what? When I let Wallace put the piece in the wrong spot, and he all of a sudden ran into some trouble later. You know what he did? He asked for me for help at that point. And you know what? I did help him. I said, okay, let's take this back apart and let's start putting it in the right way. Look at this part in the instruction. And God will do the same for us. But when people don't use God's word to build up their faith, they have to rely on other things. And they rely on things that are not reliable. So what do they do? Instead of looking at the instruction manual, they just go off of what feels good. There's like, I just, I, I think I can feel it out, you know, like, like what, what, what do I want to do? And so they begin, like, looking at all the choices of parts, all right? And so they go, they, they're, they're looking at all this stuff and they're just like, wow, um, okay, uh, ooh, ooh, I like this. Jesus loves me no matter what part of the bike. That seems nice. I like that part. Uh, okay, okay, I'm gonna hold and keep, keep that part. And then they just go like, ugh. This is that that um, repent of your sins and conviction, and God will like let you know when you're doing things wrong, and ask you to change. Ugh, I don't like that. It's, no, no. Oh. Look at this. Yeah, this is like, do whatever you want um, because God will still love you and don't let anybody judge you and you just be you. Ooh, I like that part, I like it. Okay, that's, that's good, that's good. And then we go like, okay, um, sure. I, I, think, I think I like this whole like spend eternity in heaven thing. That seems way better than the other place. So yeah, I'll go ahead and keep that one. Um, but, uh, uh, oh, what is, what is this? No sex before marriage. Ugh, hard pass. No. Oh, yeah. This is like do whatever feels good. Okay. Yeah, I like that. Do whatever. And 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 you. Yeah. Just just live your life without. Just, if you love them, it's okay. That's great. That's great. I like that part. And then and then we go through this and we're just like, oh, God, God's protection is kind of nice, but you're going ah, oh. but it also means that I kind of I can't do whatever I want, and so. No, I don't, I don't, I'll be all right, all right. I just really like to party, right? And I, so I'm just, I'm gonna go with that. That seems like a better choice. I like it very much. And so we go through life and, and, and people will just kind of go, how does it make me feel? Do I like, it? and maybe they, they know some stuff. They hear it in 4640, they see it in the Bible. And rather than going, yes, God's word is God's word and it will never fail and it's completely the absolute truth and I need to live my life the way the Bible tells me to, instead they go, how does it make me feel? And so people go through life feeling, feeling it out, f- trying to build their faith on what makes them feel good. And the truth is guys, feelings are not a good way to build your faith. First John 3.20 says, God is greater than our feelings and he knows everything. God, God's word, what he says, how to live our lives, that is better and greater. Guys, imagine if someone decided they didn't want to like, like, ask somebody for help to build a bike and they just kind of went through the process like that. Uh, you, can, you got to imagine what that would end up like. It would end up a lot like this guy. What it would be is basically like a Franken bike, right? And so now we're going, okay, rather than this guy that's a complete bike that I would trust through any difficult situation, through all of the hard stuff, now I've sort of ended up with this thing i'm i'm scared i'm going to get like impaled i don't think there's no whoop oh, that that's duct tape. That's not super solid. But can you imagine? All right, a Franken bike. That's what we're seeing people walk around with. Is their faith is just this hodgepodge mixed together? Maybe some stuff from the Bible, if it's cool. Like love everybody, but maybe not. And it's just like, oh no, it's it's this. Oh, there's all sorts of things you can do and all sorts of things you can believe. People are riding around on these things, and they then they wonder why is it that they're crashing? Why isn't it that they're moving forward in life? Why is it that they're running into difficulties that they just can't seem to get past? It's because their faith looks like this. Guys, you either have a bike or you have something else. There are things we have to believe to have faith. We can't just pick and choose. Things like Jesus being the son of God, we have to believe that and we have to know that and let nothing else, no, no opinion in the world say otherwise. We have to know that he died on the cross for our sins, for your sins, he did that. We have to know that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And why do we know that? Because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. We read the instruction manual and we build our faith that Jesus is the only way to get to heaven because of what he says in, the, in there. We, we believe that the Bible is the word of God. We believe that forgiveness comes only through Jesus and not good works. We believe that God is perfect and loving, that prayer is our way of communicating with God, that Jesus needs to be the Lord of our lives and the Lord over everything in our lives, not just some parts. We, sh- we, sh- we have to be able to worship him in all circumstances and situations that we should only worship him. You have to have all of the bike parts to have a bike. It's not just the big parts of a bike that are important though. Think about this, all right? So think about the bike chain, all right? So this bike chain has actually already been broken, but the only thing that broke this chain was there's a little pin in the middle. And so on a bike, you have this chain and it's connected to a crank and so it's pedaling, right? And that's actually, your pedal is turning the chain, which is turning the back wheel, which is propelling you forward. Here's the truth. You don't need a chain to go downhill on a bike. You might need some breaks at some point, but you don't need a chain really, right? You can go as much downhill as you want and you don't ever have to worry about that chain. But when you start going uphill, when you start pedaling and having to work on those, those things, right? All of a sudden this chain gets put under incredible pressure and you have to make, we have to make sure that this chain is very, very strong. When I was uh, mountain biking one time up on top of Glade Park at a place called uh, Turkey Flats, I was screaming downhill and I was having a blast and I think I hit a log on my chain or whatever and it snapped my chain just like that. And all it was was that little pin. And I went, okay, uh, let's just try and piece this thing together. And so I found the pin and I couldn't get the pin back in. So I was like, well, I just need to figure out a way to like keep it connected. So I like found a stick and I like shoved it in the hole and I started going down the hill and you know what? that chain worked great going downhill. You know what happened? As soon as I started going in any kind of itty bitty little uphill, snap, it broke. So then I was like, okay, I'm gonna try a piece of string. Right? and so I tied like some twine into it to hopefully, I was like, that's pretty strong. You know, and it worked great, downhill. As Soon as I started going uphill, you know what it did? Snap, it broke immediately. And this is kind of how it works with us. Guys, there are things about our faith that in life, if life is going well, similar to going downhill, they won't seem necessary. It might not seem necessary if things are going well to come to 4640 every week. It might not seem necessary to spend time talking to God. It might not seem necessary to avoid that party or avoid things like pornography or drinking. It might, seem, it might not seem necessary to honor your parents or surround yourself with godly friends if things are going well. Because life is easy and you're coasting downhill. But what happens when life gets hard and the uphill battles begin? Will your faith chain hold up to the pressures of life? When pressure comes to your faith, when there's pressure to party, pressure to have sex, pressure to gossip with friends, to skip 4640, to maybe pressure to bully someone, pressure to sneak out of the house, Maybe even just pressure to just ex- to follow what the world is saying about everything. Will faith hold up? Do you have all the necessary links in your chain to make sure that when you start facing the uphill things in life, it'll hold up? Guys, we have to have all of the right bike parts to have a bike. And the same thing goes for our faith in Jesus. We have to have all the right beliefs in all the right heart places we don't get to pick and choose we don't get to go through the bible and say i like this and i don't like this and i like this we don't get to come to 4640 and hear a 4640 pastor preach on something and go uh i don't like that one tonight but i'll come back next week and see what what they say and see if i like it because here's the thing if we try and pick and choose our faith, we're going to end up with something like this. And what's going to happen is we're going to spend all our time trying to fix it, and, and we're going to come up against stuff, and our bike's not going to hold up, and we're going to be trying to figure out how, how, oh, maybe if I just put some extra duct tape on it, or maybe if I just put some twine in the chain thing, we start trying to do all of this stuff to try and get it fixed. And sooner or later, you're going to get tired of trying to fix it, and you're just going to walk away from it completely. Guys, faith has to be strong because it will be tested. First Peter 1, seven says, these trials will show that your faith is genuine. It is being tested as fire tests and purifies gold. Though your faith is far more precious than mere gold. So when your faith remains strong through many trials, it will bring you much praise and glory and honor on the day when Jesus Christ is revealed to the whole world. Guys, strong faith is necessary because many trials will happen You will see the uphill battles in life, and it's important that we have the faith to handle the uphills. It's important that we have the faith to handle the rough paths, all of the things that we come. Because it says in John 16, 33, here on earth, there will be many trials and sorrows, and we have to make sure that we have faith that can handle it. So what I want to do, guys, is I actually want everybody to stand up. We're going to clear all this stuff out of the way. And I would just like you to come up to the stage. And I want to just say a few more things before we continue on. So go ahead and stand up and come on forward real quick. All right, come on forward, come on forward, everybody. Because I just have a little bit more. I I just have some questions that I want to ask you here. The question I want to ask you is, what does your bike look like tonight? Are you still riding Mommy and Daddy's bike bike trailer? Are you still just kind of hanging out there, coasting along, just going, yeah, it's great, Mom and Dad are handling it. They're doing the Jesus stuff, and I'm just kind of following along. Maybe you're in the kiddie bike stage, and you're just like, yeah, I'm just kind of getting started on this thing, and I'm trying to figure out what I believe, but hey, I'm on the kiddie bike, and I'm riding. But maybe you're starting to feel like you've outgrown the kiddie bike. Maybe there's stuff that's happening in your life, and you're going, it's just not cutting it. I can't handle what's coming. My faith cannot handle... What, what's coming against me right now, and, and you're starting to feel like maybe this just isn't, maybe I've outgrown it all together. Maybe I just need to walk away. Maybe you're riding an incomplete bike. You've just said, God, I, I like these things, but I don't like these things. And so you're just riding down
2: the road, and you're
0: going, I don't have brakes, but we'll see how it goes. Or maybe you're riding the Franken bike over here and you've just replaced what God says with what someone or something else told you that just feels a little better. So I want everybody to just close your eyes for a second. I just want you to ask yourself, what does your bike look like? Where am I? Am I hanging out in the bike trailer? Am I riding a bike that's way too small? What does my faith look like? You can open your eyes again. Guys, my heart behind this message tonight is this. It's a list. It's a list that I've kept over 13 years of youth ministry. The list goes like this. Shane, Galen, Kaylee, Kevin, Jessica, Tyson, Michael, Danny, Jennifer, Emily, and the list goes on and on and on of students just like you who came to conferences just like this Who at some point in their life just said, "It's not for me." They said that my faith can't handle it, what the world is throwing out, and they walked away. Guys, there's statistics that say 50% of students graduating from middle school into high school will leave the church and abandon their faith. There's another statistic that says 50% of graduating high school seniors going into college will do the same. That would mean that if I just went like this and split the room down in half the middle, that one half of this room would completely walk away from Jesus. And, guys, and, and I, that breaks my heart because I've seen it. And, and, and as much as I would like to say, no, that's just, that's some just made up statistic or that's an exaggeration. But man, when I start thinking about the list in my mind, guys, my life, it wouldn't look like this if I didn't have faith. It just wouldn't. I don't trust myself to do the right thing, to say the right thing. I need someone in my life who is all good and all loving to be that voice of reason in my life. When my thoughts go negative, I need Jesus to come in and set me straight. When I'm making mistakes, when I have sin in my life, I need Jesus to come and tell me to fix it because I don't trust myself. Without my faith, that he is who he says he is, I wouldn't be here. I would be another name on the list. If I doubted that Jesus was Lord, if I doubted that he wanted what's best for me, if I doubted that he speaks and that he guides me, at some point I would have just not been able to handle it and I would have walked away, just becoming another part of this statistic. Guys, strong faith is necessary in life. It is necessary to make it through life because now you are going through a life where it is not popular to be a Christian, where there are ideas and cultural norms that go against the very things that the Word of God is saying. And if you do not have strong faith, guys, the road is treacherous, the road is bumpy. And if you do not have the faith that can handle it, you will not make it. Guys, life is too hard to get through with weak faith. That's why scripture says in 1 Corinthians 16, be on guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous and be strong. So what does your bike look like? What does your faith look like? Is it strong? Is it ready to handle the world? Is it complete or is it lacking? And what is it lacking? Are you still on the bike trailer and going, I, I don't even know what I believe my parents just told me to come here and I'm just here and I don't, my parents love Jesus. And so I guess I, what is it like? is you're going, no, I, I need to get out of the bike trailer and I need to start living for God myself and start walking this out myself. Maybe you're on a bi- little bike and you're going, no, no, no. I, 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 need, to, I need to figure this out for myself and I, I'm outgrowing it. Yeah, so I need to start building up a bigger bike that fits. Or maybe you're going, I'm riding the Franken-bike, and the truth is, I've got some parts on my bike that are not of God, and I know it, and I've known it for a long time, and I need to just literally just tear off some parts of this bike that I have. Do you need to start taking responsibility for your own faith? Begin wrestling, working it out like that scripture we talked about in the beginning for yourself. Guys, I'm hoping and praying that there are young people in this room who would say, my faith, it's not there yet, but hey, I'm not quitting. I'm hoping and praying that there are young people in this room that will not allow the statistic that says 50% of you will completely abandon your faith after middle school or after high school. I'm hoping and praying that there are people in this room that are saying, that will not be me in the name of Jesus. I'm, is there anyone in this room? Is there anyone in this room who is saying, by faith, it's not going to be me because I will make sure my faith will last, that my faith is strong. God is looking for young people who will choose him. Second Chronicles 16.9 says, the eyes of the Lord search the whole earth and in order to strengthen those whose hearts are fully devoted to him. Guys, he's he's here to strengthen the faith of those who are devoted to him. Guys, it's faith over followers on Instagram. It's faith over football. It's faith over Fortnite. It's faith over anything in the world. It's God looking in the right place tonight. Grand Junction, Colorado, 4640 Student Center, tonight, is this the place he will find hearts that are fully devoted to him? Not devoted just tonight at conference, not just while it's convenient, not just while it's comfortable, but fully devoted to him. Are there those who would say, that's me tonight? Is this where he will find faith? strong, faith that can look at a mountain and say, move, faith that can slay giants, faith that can last, faith that won't quit. Faith that can handle the hard stuff. Faith that can handle the uncomfortable stuff. Faith that will still be here after middle school. Faith that will still be here after high school. There is a faith, and there's, are there people in this room who say, I will not be added to Joe's list in his heart of students that walked away. Is there people in this room who say, I believe whatever God says in this book. I believe. As one people, as one church, as 4640 tonight will we sing, we believe in Jesus Christ tonight. parts of this song and one of the lines that we just sang is let our faith be more than anthems and it's so easy for our faith to just be these anthemic moments in our life where we just it's like 4640 conference and we just go yes my faith is this moment that I experience God and the truth is guys it has to be more than anthems it has to be more than these high moments at conference it has to be everyday thing, but i love this line it says so let the lost be found and dead be raised in the here and now let love invade and let the church live loud so our god will say we believe guys it's one thing for us to say we believe it's a whole nother thing for god to look down and go these people There's a story in Mark where Jesus comes up against somebody or, or somebody's asking him for something who he goes, the, the man has, has a sick kid and he's going, help me, help me, I need your help. If you can do this, please do. And Jesus responds to him, what do you mean if? If you are able to believe all things are possible to the believer. When you heard this, the boy's father cried out with tears saying, I do believe, Lord. Help me, help my little faith. Another version of this says, Lord, I do believe, but help my unbelief. And, and guys, I honest to God, standing up here, I can say I do believe, but I can't say that there's not unbelief. I cannot say that there's moments where I waver. I can't say that there's not moments where I'm going, God, do you care about me? God, do, do you love me? So guys, I think there's, that's true for every person in this room. If there's somewhere in your life where there's little faith, we need to ask God for help. Because I would bet everybody in this room would say, yes, I believe. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in His Holy Spirit but there are areas where there is missing or messed up beliefs. But if we can work this out, if we can figure these things out and build solid faith, look at what the scripture says. He says, if you are able to believe, all things are possible to the believer. Guys, and I believe that God is hoping for a generation that does believe because he says, if you believe, all things are possible. And I believe that God is looking for young people who will say, yes, I believe, and I do believe, who are honest and say, God, I believe, but help me with my unbelief, so that he can work in that, he can work with a heart that says, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. So tonight, I wanna just talk to each and every person in this room. And if you think that you are in this bike trailer season of life where you're going, I've just been living off of my parents' faith, if that's you, then I want you to just do a few things with me. So if this is you and you're going, I'm just living off my parents' faith and my parents come to church, but I've never really thought about what it means to me. I've never really thought about what Jesus dying on the cross for me has meant I just want you to say a few things with me and everybody in this room I I, here's what I would hope that everybody in this room would take a step up if you're on the bike trailer get your own bike if you're riding a kiddie bike get a big boy bike if you're riding around in the franken bike man tear that thing apart and start again That's what I want for each and every one of you tonight. And so I wanna walk through these steps. And, and, and when we get to your part, I want you to just really go after it, really focus in on God and start working out your salvation. So if you were this bike trailer, I want you to, and everybody in this room, I just want you to say, I believe because I believe. I believe Jesus Christ died for me. I believe that Jesus loves me. I want you to say, Jesus, I live for you. I want you to say, Jesus, help me. I'm just learning how to ride. I'm probably gonna mess up. I want you to know in this place that even though you mess up, God is not asking for perfect faith, because there's no such thing. God is, and, and so I don't want anybody in this room to go, I don't want to get out of the bike trailer because my parents, man, they're so good at the Jesus thing and, I'm, and it's just working out and i just following in their footsteps. And I'm doing, And yes, we want to like look at our parents and, and live the way they live if they're following Jesus, but I also don't want you to be afraid to not make your own mistakes, to grow. And your your own faith is going to get messy. It's going to cause you maybe on the first day to decide, I'm going to try to go no hands and you're going to crash. That could happen. But the truth is, is that's the, a step along the right path. The crashes, the mess ups, those things will come, but you shouldn't be afraid. Maybe you're on the kiddie bike and you're feeling like you're outgrowing it. And you're going, I don't know if this Jesus stuff can handle what's going on in my life. If that's you, I just want you, I just want you to say, Jesus, I need a bigger bike. I need you to show me you're bigger than my beliefs think. I need you to grow my faith. I need you to show me you're real. I need you to show me greater love, greater grace, greater power, thicker presence, more love. I know that the world out there is tough for these students I know that it is difficult and I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help them that you would show them that you are real God I I pray Lord that the doubt that you are big enough to handle the big things that they're going through that you are not strong enough God the doubt that says God is not strong enough to handle my mistakes that is not strong enough to handle my drama, that is not strong enough to handle my issues. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just remove that doubt, remove that unbelief. This is, I believe, but help me with my unbelief. Help us with our unbelief where we say, I don't know if God can handle that. I don't know if God can handle the fact that I have a homosexual friend. I don't know if God can handle that, that I'm struggling with, with pornography. I don't know if God can handle that I've gone too far already with a boyfriend or girlfriend. I don't know if God can handle that I've, that I've, that I've just been dealing with this depression or this anxiety or, or any of these things and we're going, I don't know. But God, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would help the unbelief in this room right now. God, that you would show them that you are bigger, that you are stronger, that you are greater, that you are mightier, that you are holier than all of those things. And that if they just believe and trust in you, that they can make it through. So God, help us when we're stepping from the kiddie bike and we begin to build our bigger bike. So God, help us. So maybe you're in this room and you're going, all right, I've, I started to build this bigger bike, but I don't know. I, I I've read some of the stuff in the instruction manual and some of this stuff seems really hard. The stuff that says like lay down your life and pick up your cross daily, the stuff that says like share in the suffering of Christ, will share in the glory of Christ. I don't know if I'm down for that. stuff that says honor and obey your parents. I'll listen to my parents, but I'm not gonna be nice about it. Where we've picked and cho- chosen. I think we just need to say, I'm sorry. So everybody in the room, I would like you to say, let's just say, I'm sorry, Jesus. Where I've picked and chosen what I believed in your word. Where I've ignored something that made me uncomfortable. God, I'm sorry. Where I've only chosen the things that I liked and I've let my faith be incomplete. Help me, Jesus. What building your faith looks like is diving into God's word. Reading how Jesus lived his life, the perfect example of faith was Jesus Christ. Learning what the Bible says is good and what is bad. There, there are things that will seem like big tests to your faith if this is not the foundation of your faith. These arguments that are going out uh, on around the world about the, the cultural things that are coming, the, the reason why it, it doesn't bother me is because I go, listen, I understand what you think feels like the right answer, but it's not the same answer that this says, so I can't agree with you in this moment. There are things in life that you have to be rooted in the word of God to be able to get through. And maybe you're going, I'm riding the Franken-bike here. I realize that I've spent enough time in church, I've spent enough time in 4640 to know, to hear about just about all the, the stuff. But then I also, I read this book or, or I, I saw this YouTube channel and, and they just started saying some other stuff about how, how, how you should live or, or the reasons why, you know, you should act this way or, or do this or believe this. And so I realized I have sort of picked and chosen and I'm riding around on a Franken bike. And I think if you were honest with yourself, if you said, my faith looks like this, if you're honest, you go, it's not working. That I've, I've ran into too many issues. I'm not moving forward. I'm not where I wanna be. It seems like I'm, I'm trying to get over this struggle, this, this uh, the, these sad thoughts, these anxious thoughts, these worries. I'm trying to get over this heartbreak. I'm trying to get over all this stuff, but my bike won't get me over those things. It's because our faith looks like this. So I think our next step is we need to say, Jesus, I'm sorry where I've put wrong parts on my bike, where I've accepted wrong beliefs, where I've let my feelings help me build my faith. I'm sorry, Jesus. look at the instructions. But I'm sorry, Jesus. If there's any person in this room who just, know, I just feel like God's saying, like, something in, in, in your mind, he's bringing something up right now, and and whatever it is for, for you personally, we won't do like a group prayer, but I just want you to repent for that. If it's something that you're just like, man, I feel really bad. I've, I felt like I've just accepted this idea that it's okay to have sex before marriage. I've just accepted this idea that marijuana is okay, or, or I've just accepted this idea that, that there's more than one way to heaven because it just seems like it's such a mean thing to say that if you don't believe in Jesus, you go into hell. It seems like a mean thing to say, and I just, maybe, whatever it is, God is speaking to you and he's saying, you have something that you know, you know that the instructions is saying something different. And God's just saying, look at the instructions. You need to take that apart. You need to take that out. You need to rip that off and say, that's not on my bike anymore. That's not part of my faith anymore. So just take a moment and just repent.
1: Oh uh. Sing it out, holy, holy, is the Lord God
2: Almighty. Students, I feel like God wants to bless you with something right now, and it's this: receive a blessing that you will love. The Bible, that you will love God's word, and and I think in in the minds of some students right now, there's this idea that okay, Pastor Joe said read the instruction manual, I got to read the manual, but maybe you're struggling with the lie that you probably won't understand it, or that it's too big, or you're not a reader. But I want you to know that Jesus already tackled this in the scripture, in the Bible. He said that the Holy Spirit will lead us to all truth. He'll help us understand what Jesus taught us. And so I believe that God wants you to be blessed right now with a love for the Bible and with an ability that if you will go home And you will open up the instruction manual that you, maybe you've struggled in the past to understand, but you will understand that God and the Holy Spirit will work together that as you're reading, that you will understand what you're reading. And if you have a Bible at home and you start to read it, he's gonna be with you and help interpret it, help explain it. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He lives inside of us and he's gonna explain to us what it is that we're reading and what it is that we're studying. Students, so if you don't have a paper instruction manual, don't have a paper Bible, you can go on any device and download for free U version of the Bible. Y-O-U version of the Bible. And you can read the Bible every day for free. Or if you have a paper Bible and when you open it, it's not written like Shakespeare, then begin to read this Bible, and I believe that God is going to bless you with an ability to understand and the love for what you're reading. Now, with your eyes closed, everyone just close your eyes. We're going to create a sacred moment, just a private moment between every student and God. Every eye closed, every eye closed. If you would like to receive that love for God's Word and an ability to to understand it. Would you raise up your hands? I want to receive a love for the Bible. I want to receive an ability to understand what it is saying when I read it. And God, I pray right now that you would bless these students with those things, a love for your Bible, an understanding of what it means, God, that you would supernaturally impart that to these students. And that when they read, not if they read, but when they read your word, that where before it might have seemed intense, and that it would be so crystal clear to them, so easy for them to understand, that they would love it, that they would love the joy that it brings them, the wisdom that it brings them, the strength that it brings them, that they would love how your word helps steer them out of tough situations, that they would love your word that would be easy for them to remember your word to memorize it and to know what it said And God, when they get to the tricky parts of your word, that your Holy Spirit would explain it to them, that it would come alive, that it would make sense as they open up their Bible and they begin to read, that it would make sense to them, that they would know how to apply it to their heart. And if they've struggled with that in the past and they feel overwhelmed by that, I pray that you would break that off of them and release to them a love and an understanding for your word, for your word, God, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Thy word
1: is a lamp unto my feet and a light.
0: So tonight, it's, it's, it's awesome that we sang these songs and, and we made these declarations of we believe and we walked through these. But guys, tonight isn't enough. Honestly, the, this night matters six months from now. This night matters two years from now. This night matters when you're graduating eighth grade. This night matters when you're graduating high school. This night matters when you come up against things in your life that are difficult in those trials in those rough roads in fact guys I just want another God just bringing something to my mind I think we need to say God I'm sorry for taking the rough path I think there's times in our lives where we knew we shouldn't have gone down a road we shouldn't have gotten in that relationship we shouldn't have said that we shouldn't have we shouldn't have watched that and we knew it and we knew it was gonna do something to us, and it was gonna, and it was gonna cause a, a rougher path. And so, I, God, we're sorry. We're sorry for those moments where we chose the rougher path, where we sinned. That's what that is, Jesus. Where we we knew and we messed up and we sinned. But God, I thank you, Lord, that we might have crashed on that and that mistake, Lord, or maybe not. Maybe we 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 felt like we sort of just bumped through it and we got through it, but God, it still nonetheless was a wrong decision of ours. And so Jesus, we're sorry for that. But guys, how you stay on the right side of that statistic, how you walk out your faith, and guys, my prayer and my hope for this night is that that 50% of middle schoolers and 50% of high schoolers, we, we break that workers off in the name of Jesus and say that every person in this room will still be A follower of Jesus will still have faith in high school and in college. And that every one of you, when you're old and crusty and smelly and and you're you're on your deathbed, would still say, I believe. That's what I want for each and every one of us in this room. But guys, it's a journey. You never stop building your bike. You never stop... You're gonna end up. You're gonna. You're gonna look at it and go, "Oh, how'd that part get there? I I, I need to take that. That's not. That's not of God." You're, You're gonna go, "Oh, I need to. My faith, man. There's some. There's some tough stuff. I need to. I need to do some upgrades." But it takes continuing to just seek after Jesus. It takes accepting His word as absolute truth in your life, and it takes you continually asking yourself. What does my faith look like? Remember that scripture that we read at the beginning? It said, Continue to work out your salvation. That is, cultivate it, bring it to full effect. Actively pursue spiritual maturity with awe inspired fear and trembling, using serious caution and critical self evaluation to avoid anything that might offend God or discredit the name of Jesus. Guys, that's our, that's our life goal. And it's an everyday thing where we are working out our salvation. And so, guys, we want to send you home, you all home with a reminder tonight. It's this, we said there's a sticker. And so what the sticker is, it's a bike. And I want you to put this bike somewhere that you're going to remember. On a water bottle. Maybe on your bathroom mirror. Maybe on, I don't know, some school Folder. I don't, something where you're gonna see it often, see it every day, and you're gonna go. I want you when you see it to ask the question, what does my bike look like? Take a look. What does your faith look like? Ask that you have to ask that question every day, and you're gonna go, do, do I have some funky tires on it? Am I am I using a deer antler as handlebars or whatever tomfoolery it might look like, but you need to ask that question daily and every day, ask yourself and every day continue to work on and build your bike because guys, your faith is important and your faith is all you have. And so guys, there's this, there's a scripture in, in, in Hebrews and it says that, that your faith is what you need to help cover and improve all that is unseen. And so, guys, all the proof you need to the world is your faith. You don't need anything else. You don't need to go like, all oh, this science fact or this historical figure that God is real. All you need is your faith, and your faith is what proves what is unseen. So, guys, I just wanted you to close your eyes, and I want to bless you one more time. God, I bless these students with faith. I pray, Lord, that you would give them faith. God, faith as a mustard seed. It might be small today, but sooner or later, God, it will grow into a mighty tree. God, I pray for faith that would say to a mountain, be be lifted up and cast out into the sea. Father God, I pray for a faith that is strong, a faith that is secure in your word, and a faith that will never falter, and a faith that will not be shaken, because they have built your, their lives, their faith, everything of them on your word and on your love, Jesus, and we thank you, Lord, that you would walk with us, that you would give us the reason to believe, and that was you, Jesus, dying on the cross for us, and everything that you did for us, Jesus, is why we believe, and we even have the opportunity to believe, and so, God, we I pray, Lord, for this faith in each and every one of these students that it would be a faith that would just change the world, that it would be a faith that would change their schools, that it would change their families, that it would not be a faith that chameleons and tries to hide when things get uncomfortable, that tries to hide in situations where it sticks out. But God, I pray, Lord, that it would be a bold, a light on top of a hill, not hidden under a, a shade, Father God, that it would be, they would be salt to this world, as you say in scripture, that they, that their faith would be a flavor to this world. And we thank you, Father God, and we love you. And it's in Jesus' Jesus name and everyone said in this room amen. All right. Thanks for listening to the 4640 Student Center podcast. For more information on what's happening in 4640 you can check us out on social media and at our website 4640gj.com. Service times are Tuesday and Wednesday nights. Hope to see you there.